Hello again. This is the 63rd edition of the Hotbox with a very mixed bag of music and artists to entertain you for the next uh, hour or so. We have much to do. Uh, some interesting new material, including from the New York-based Irish guitarist Dave O'Rourke. Uh, we have to celebrate the 90th birthday of the saxophone master Sonny Rollins and the 100th anniversary of the birth of the man who, more than anybody, uh, defined the leap into modern jazz, Charlie Parker. And we have to record, sadly, the death of one of the greatest of bass players, Gary Peacock. Not to mention uh, checking out an avalanche of reissues from the pianist Errol Garner, whose 100th anniversary comes up next year. Uh, Can we fit it all in? Well, we'll have to try, and some. Well, here's a new one uh, to get us going from the little-known tenor saxophonist and teacher Keith Oxman. I like the title of the album, too. Two Cigarettes in the Dark, and I couldn't resist the title of this track either. It's Murphy's Law. Thank you. 
Murphy's Law Impacts L-E-A-P is the full title of that piece. Uh, No, I had no idea what it meant, but I did do a bit of Googling, and I think L-E-A-P may mean Learning Enrichment After School programme, which possibly reflects on the leader's teaching career. Uh, Nice and relaxed uh, samba feel to that, written by the leader himself and tenor player Keith Oxman. I must say I really like his tone on the tenor saxophone. Uh, Jeff Jenkins was the pianist, Ken Walker on the bass, and Paul Romain on the drums. The album is on Capri Records, and uh, to remind you, it's called Two two Guitars. No, Two Cigarettes in the Dark. Oxman uh, is based in Denver, Colorado, where he teaches instrumental music at the high school. And by the way, he's no parvenu. This is his 11th album as a leader. No, I hadn't heard of the next artist either, uh, the singer Macy Miller, and I've come to her because she's the other half of a duet album with the Dublin New Yorker guitarist Dave O'Rourke. He was at pains to point out to me that he's the sideman in this duo, but it gives us a chance to hear his nice playing. Uh, Macy has a, a quirky voice, I guess is the best way to put it, a bit reminiscent of the um, popular French jazz singer Cyril Aimé, and you'll certainly know the song. And as I weepy out willow He really knows how to cry That's how I'd cry on my Flying high in birdland, high in the sky up above. 
George uh, Shearing's big hit from back in 1952. Uh, Redone there by Macy Miller and uh, our own Dave O'Rourke on the guitar. Uh, Their new album is called Round Midnight and you'll find it on Spotify and many other places. We seem to be in a bit of a groove for new recordings, so I, I won't deviate from that just yet. We do have other things to do, but not yet for a while. Uh, the New York-based bass player Fabrizio Sciacca has been gathering a lot of plaudits for his first album, which is called Getting It There. It's a quartet album, very high quality. Billy Drummond is the drummer, Jed Levy on the tenor, and um, Donald Vega, the Nicaraguan-born pianist. Uh, uh, Sciacca is a, a, a pupil and a He's been mentored greatly by Ron Carter, the great veteran bass player, and I think you can hear a bit of Carter in him. This track is just a trio. It's a lullaby in Central Park.
Lullaby in Central Park. Fabrizio Sciacca, born in Italy but now based in New York, a graduate of uh, Boston's famous Berklee College of Music where he studied with the likes of John Petitucci, graduated uh, in 2018. So that, as I said, is his first album. Well, rather more experience and time on the clock is the drummer Matt Wilson, who I read here is 55. A veteran of many great bands, starting out with Lee Connitz years ago and onwards from there. His albums quite often have a sort of political edge to them and his new one which is called Hug is no exception. Um, There is an amusing and slightly frightening piece that features the voice of Donald Trump called Space Force March but uh, we'll stick to the title track. Uh, The title track does what it says, a cosy little number like a hug but um, uh, as as it says here, uh, a little, a hug is a great gift, one size fits all and it's easy to exchange. Thank you. 
Matt Wilson's quartet with strings added uh, for just that one piece, the only piece on the album that has the strings. Jeff Lederer as the tenor player, Kirk Knofke on cornet and uh, Chris Lightcap on the bass and, of course, the leader himself, Matt Wilson, behind the drum kit. The track and the album called Hug and it's on the Palmetto label. Thank you. 
actor Theodore Rollins, better known as Sonny, who celebrated his 90th birthday on September the 7th. And that was probably his most famous recording and his famous composition, St. Thomas was the name of it. That was the original recording from the album Saxophone Colossus, recorded in 1956 with uh, Max Roach on the drums, Tommy Flanagan at the piano and uh, Doug Watkins was the bass player. Rollins is a truly fascinating figure. Uh, His New York apartment uh, faced the World Trade Center and uh, 9-11, he actually watched the towers collapse and the whole event uh, before being evacuated uh, and the fire crews couldn't explain themselves why this man was staggering out of his apartment with nothing but a tenor saxophone. Incidentally, he made a recording in Boston only four days later, um, but they're all very long tracks, so I'm afraid we'll have to leave them for another day. Jazz fans will also recall that uh, Sonny decided uh, to absent himself from public performance in 1959, and he preferred to go up, because uh, he lived down there, uh, he preferred to go up by himself onto the walkway of the Williamsburg Bridge. Uh, almost every day for two years he went up on that walkway and he practiced sometimes for more than 12 hours a day. No surprise then that his re-emergence album was called The Bridge. So let's go now to the Gary Peacock Trio. Thank you. 
Requiem. Uh, that was from the Gary Peacock Trio album called Now This. And uh, surprise, surprise, it's on the ECM label. I think it was, uh, I think it was the first, his first for as as a trio. He was, of course, a familiar on that label, being the bass player on, I think, all or certainly almost all of the albums by Keith Jarrett. And as I said, I think that was his first for ECM. I'm not sure. Mark Copeland, who was certainly no stranger to Irish audiences, was the pianist. Uh, Joey Barron was the drummer. Um, and we'll have some more of that, I think. So let's 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 play the title track.
not in fact quite the title track. Uh, the, t- the title of the album is now this, and the song is called And Now. Close. Uh, Gary Peacock, who died in early September at the fine age of 85, who's regarded certainly as one of the most important bass players in the history of jazz. I won't bore you with the list of who he admired and who he played with. Look him up if you feel inclined to do so. There's a big piece on Wikipedia and you'll get the full story. Because now it's time to enter the world of Errol Garner.
Yeah, you recognised it. Misty, uh, that was Ella Garner's most famous composition, played there in front of a, an audience at the Seattle World's Fair in 1962. Uh, the audience in all of Garner's recordings never fails to amuse. After his introductory improvisation, when he gets around to the melody, they always clapped. And I always wondered, were they really relieved at uh, recognising the piece or were they applauding his improvisation? I never found out.
The, uh, the way you look tonight there, uh, somehow it's impossible uh, not to feel good when you hear Errol Garner. Everything about his playing just makes you feel better about the world, doesn't it? Uh, Garner was born in 1921 and he died in 1977, so he had a relatively short life by today's standards. The biggest seller in his catalogue, which I'm sure many people will have in their collection, is Concert by the Sea. It sold over a million copies and it secured his place there and then at the top of the jazz piano tree for forevermore. He was a self-taught player. Uh, he never learned to read music, and he had an extraordinary ability to remember music in detail. Um, I'm happy to say I did see him live on one occasion, and yes, he did come on stage with a big telephone directory to place on top of the piano stool. He was only five foot two inches tall. Um, he was annoyed by his record company putting out an album that he disagreed with, uh, and he entered a long-term legal battle, which in a way has really only just ended with the release of this flood of albums on his own octave label, which is being handled by Mac Avenues so many years after his death. Uh, the material is much the same as previously. As we've already heard, he could make something fantastic out of almost anything. There is however, one um, never-heard-before piece in this set of albums. I'll tell you in a minute what the set of albums are called in case you wanted to rush out and buy one, which I think you should, really. The Mac Avenue producers just call this one Octave 103.
Just wonderful. Octave 103 was the title of that from Errol Garner and his trio. Previously unissued recording, apparently, uh, now available as part of this reissue package. It's on an album called Close Up in Swing. Uh, The others are uh, Dream Street, and then there's one called Now Playing, which is uh, movie music, and I wouldn't really recommend it. And the one we heard the previous live tracks from uh, was called One World Concert with the live audience. Um, all them on the Octave label, which comes from Mac Avenue. Well, we try to feature new material as much as we can in the hot box, as much of local musicians as possible, obviously, but also from elsewhere. Uh, a new band called Friendy contacted us recently, and I'm happy to play a little of their first recording. With apologies for it being so little, uh, they called this one Traveller's Song and the Traveller moved pretty fast because it's a very short track. I'd hope we might explore the recording a bit more in the future. Traveller's Song is the title of that one from the band Friendy, and the album is called Friendy Fire. As I said, maybe we can come back to that. Really like the sound that they get. Well, now we must close out with an important recollection in the celebration of 100 years since Charlie Parker was born. He was nicknamed Yardbird, or just Bird, early on in his native Kansas City. 
and uh, that name became synonymous um, with everything that he did, including his uh, rather difficult lifestyle towards the end of his life. Uh, his compositions uh, all managed to riff on that, the Yardbird Suite and Ornithology, just to name but two. Um, his musical innovations literally turned jazz on its head, and that began in 1939 and throughout the 1940s. His somewhat tragic life and lifestyle, which I won't dwell on, uh, I'd rather just uh, take a little sample of the music that ignited modern jazz. And we'll take two pieces back to back, both from the 1950s. In the first one, uh, it's called She Wrote, uh, R-O-T-E, uh, and that features Miles Davis as well on the trumpet. That's from 1951. And the second, uh, Confirmation, uh, from just a quartet with him as the only uh, as brass instrument. That's from Thank you. 
on the first of those two quintessentially bebop tracks, you heard Walter Bishop on the piano and Max Roach was the drummer, uh, with Miles Davis and Charlie Parker in the front line. And um, in the second piece, Confirmation, the pianist was Al Haig and the bass and drums were Percy Heath and Max Roach again. Um, Charlie Parker, 100 years since he was born, and he died aged just 34 in 1955. Imagine what he might have achieved in a longer life. Well, the next hotbox will be entering the world of jazz guitar once more at the letter B in the guitar files. That'll be the 64th edition of the hotbox, and if you haven't caught up with the first guitar file on the letter A, you can wind yourself back to hotbox number 62. But for now, anyway, stay safe and enjoy your jazz. If you have been, thanks for listening. <laughs>